historic River Market District in downtown Kansas City, Missouri. From the banks of the beautiful crystal blue waters of the Missouri River, it is Two Douchebags and Microphone Podcast. Swimming in toxic masculinity and wiping their ass with politically correct wash rags. Two douchebags and a microphone invade your ear holes in three, two, one. Yeah. Ronnie James Dio. We've been it would have been interesting seeing him mm-hmm. seventy nine years old, see if his voice was still the same or close to. He had such a powerful voice. Yeah. Hell Sammy Hagar is pushing eighty. Can you believe that? I know, and he That's still amazing. sounds and he looks great. Yeah, he really does. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, Guy Fietti is like a mini me to Sammy Hagar. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Celebrity chef Guy Fietti. Oh, I know. He's definitely a Sammy Hagar mini-me. Yeah, he definitely is. <laughs> now, you want a dead ringer for uh, Sammy Hagar was our marine biologist in St. St. John. Oh, really? That guy looked just like him. As a matter of fact, Funny. he teased around about it. <laughs> he goes, yeah, he goes, just ask people that, just say the guy that looks like Sammy Hagar. And everyone's like, ah! Yeah. They looked identical to him. Funny. Identical to him. At his age. Continuing our quest here at Two Douchebags in a Microphone to be constantly funny, once again we offer you strange insults from an alien. Then this is probably about I don't know ten years ago. Looked identical to him at his age. Mm. You could put them next to each other; they looked exactly alike. Yeah, yeah. So, anyhow, well, I knew I knew a guy that wanted. To be associated with Sammy Hagar, and the only thing about him that looked like Sammy was his hair. But he was always telling, "Hey, people say I look like Sammy Hagar." It's like you don't go up and tell people that to try no. to get them to think it. You know, you kind of got to let them reach that conclusion on their own. Yeah, Did he pose. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, yeah. He was definitely full of himself. It's like that guy that <laughs> thinks he looks like Paul Stanley because he has long, kind of curly black hair. Yeah. I knew a few of them. Mm-hmm. They used to like dress like him and thought they sang like him and thought they were him, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Anyhow, yep. That just reminded me of the wannabe Paul Stanleys because there mm-hmm. seems to be a lot of them that at least I knew in my life. Yeah. So. Hmm. <laughs> Anyhow, I don't know how we got there, but. Who, who knows? Oh, oh, okay, by Lemmy's Ashes. Oh, yeah. There are more living organisms on the skin of a single human being than there are human beings on the surface of the earth. Yeah. You know, I've, I remember reading that a long time ago. I, I've learned that there's a whole lot more of all sorts of things than there are humans. Uh, at this point, there are probably right around 8 billion people on the planet. Hmm. But the thing is, humans are really big and we live, you know, in clusters, but. In certain areas of the planet, we don't live at all. So we're kind of concentrated in certain areas. Yeah, that's true. But you look at, like, the vast grasslands of the American Middle and Middle West, and it's like billions upon billions of insects live there. You know, way more than there are humans. Yeah, that's true. And the simple fact is we are vastly outnumbered by just about everything on this planet. But we don't need to be the most populous. No, we we're don't. the most right. powerful. 
You were yeah. the most intelligent, most powerful, the well, most able allegedly. to yeah, most able to manipulate our environment to our own purposes. Okay, now that's been proven. Yeah. <laughs> so there doesn't have to be more of us than anybody else, you know. It's like the old expression, you know, when the Texas Ranger arrived, they <laughs> said to solve the problem. They said they only sent one of you, and he said, eh, "One problem, one ranger." <laughs> it's like you know. <laughs> Human beings, you know, Buffalo one of us Bill goes score. a long way. You know, one of us can smash a whole lot of bugs. Buffalo Bill score. Okay, okay, score that's hasn't pretty changed. Much it. Yep. Yeah. God, still the fourth quarter, and it's like what a two in the morning now out yeah, here. Yeah, something like that. Jeez, yeah, we must be on some kind of time delay, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Huh. Wow, how weird. Oh, I think they had a delay. Had a fog delay up in Buffalo. Oh, okay. That's I can why. See that. Oh, I bet the I bet the commentators are pissed. Collinsworth is probably snapping mad. This is not my contract. Mike <laughs> Tarico's over there going. I missed my con- connecting flight. Mike Tarico's going. God, I hope Al Michaels doesn't come back. God, I hope Al Michaels doesn't come back. <laughs> He's too busy landing little butterfly kisses all over Tom Brady's ass. Oh yeah. <laughs> you told <laughs> me about that. Did you hear that. him on Sunday Night Football? I did not. Oh my God. Please tell me. He was going on and on about what a great player okay, he on, was. Okay, hang on, hang on. Subject change. Subject change. Okay, go ahead. Everybody hold on while the train shifts violently in a new direction. Uh, yeah, he was, he was going off about how great Brady was and what a terrific guy and you get he's you know done all these wonderful things and meanwhile brady is sucking on the field Mm -hmm. and yelling at his teammates and pointing fingers all over and al michaels is still going on and on and they're only showing highlights from the first quarter when he actually you know did something yeah Yeah. but then uh there was a, a point late in the game when brady ran and slid and three of the Ravens players kind of flew over him uh, didn't really hit him it just kind of went around him and the officials thought about throwing a flag but then didn't and Al Michaels said uh, uh, roughing the passer against Tom Brady oh that'd be a terrible thing you know to hit Tom Brady it'd be like throwing an egg on the Mona Lisa was he being facetious not at all he was he was the most fawning Doughy-eyed fan of Tom Brady. It's disgusting. Al Michaels never used to be that guy. No, he was Mr. Dry Professional, you know, a little no. bit humorous. But What's he the was, difference is Al Michaels this year than the years before? Uh, he's working for Amazon Prime Video. Yes. Mm-hmm. So let's look for the angle here. Yeah. Now, did Tom Brady, he already signed a contract with somebody, didn't he, for his after football days? I imagine so. But he says he's not going to quit football anytime soon. Now that he lost his wife, he might as well keep going. <laughs> So he's um, going to get hammered a few more times. He is now the most sacked quarterback ever. Oh yeah, that happened last week yeah. or last game. Uh huh. Yeah, Ravens got him. Yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was surprised when Al Michaels was was being so openly a fan. Uh, I believe that NFL uh, on, on I, Amazon Prime they've probably told them. Uh, quit being so neutral. Pick a side, be a fan, talk them up. That's got to be it. Yeah. Because the only thing that's different now 
And Al Michaels is in his 70s. He didn't suddenly change one season. No, he's telling. He's saying what he's been told to say. Yes. So this it seems to me that the network is feel or their Amazon network or whatever they call themselves. If they feel the majority of the viewers are going to be Tom Brady fans, then they want to make sure that they talk him up big and, and never yeah. say anything bad about him or you piss the fans off. I think you're right. I think that's yeah. what it is. Uh, it's going to be more important uh, in the upcoming years to get fans to watch the game and watch every down of the game and not tune away mm-hmm. because... They can't get you to bet on you know each game or e- I mean each play or each event unless okay. you're watching. I think that I think that Al Michaels picking a side is directly correlated with betting. Yeah, I would see. I would He's say so. Trying to lead the way on you pick a side and then that way you can bet on said mm-hmm. side. That I think is what it is. Yeah. For and one of them, it could be, may not be the sole reason. But that's one of them. There was a point earlier in the game where the uh, the other guy in the booth, I don't know his name, he kind of sounds like Dan Deardorff for a little bit. Her- Kirk Herbstreet. That's it, yeah. When he said He's mainly a baseball guy, but he's actually doing pretty good switching over. He said something about, he asked Al Michaels, you know, would you put a bet on that or would you bet on that? And Al Michaels, after a brief pause, said in a monotone, I've never bet on anything in my entire life. And I think he was, hmm. he sounded offended and like, you know, why the hell are you asking me, me about betting? Now I've got to declare myself completely neutral. It, it kind of gave that air of, of, he seemed like he was pissed off to have to tell him, uh, no, quit talking about gambling, me gambling on things, asking me if I would bet. Because... Hmm. The, the public on, watching on, doesn't want to hear about the announcers gambling and betting on it. They want the, the announcers talking about the fans betting on it. Hang on, hang on. Hold the front door. Let's just see if we can get to the bottom of this. Because you know the announcers have all sorts of infight information. Has L. Michaels been known to bet? Okay, hang on. Is Al Michaels known for a betting? Oh, hang on. Al Michaels opens up about his cheeky gambling references. This is in 2014. Huh. Hmm. Al Michaels is one of the most successful, respected broadcasters who ever stepped behind the microphone. Multiple Super Bowls, the Miracle on Ice, Super Sunday Night Football, the Olympics, basketball. He's done it all. Okay, I guess that's basketball and baseball, whatever. Yeah, okay. there's something where it's the B A the base B A S E is all capitalized. Yes. Instead of basketball, it's base ball. And is that an abbreviation for both? I guess I, I have no clue. It's but if there's one thing that Michaels is uh, cherished for at the moment, especially in the social media age, is the cheekiness of his veiled gambling references. The highlight of any Sunday night football broadcast is the way Michaels expertly and efforts effortlessly slides in a node to the spread without setting off Roger Goodell's personal alarm bells with any mention of point spread persona non grata on the NFL telecast. Al Michaels was just being sly and and being like a sly grin pretending oh I've never gambled he was probably Kirk Kirk Herbstreet threw that at him as a ha ha 
and then he came back being um kind of smirky i don't do that yeah i have nothing to do with that yeah okay (laughs) i get it now okay all right then that's how come he got such a reaction yeah okay interesting but now of course they talk about the spreads openly but earlier they also in the broadcast i was surprised that they showed this they showed how uh in the past two seasons all these top quarterbacks, you know, were scoring this many points, and now suddenly this year it's way less. And then they talked about the total points per game, and that's suddenly way down this year. And one other uh, offensive statistic, but this year, oh, it's suddenly much less than it has been in the last few years. Well, the games are being more tightly controlled because they're being bet on, mm-hmm. and if the public thinks it's going to be, you know, more than 54 points, then, of course, it's going to be held to less than 54 points. Yeah. So if people are betting the over, that's why we're getting lower scoring games. If people are betting the, you know, the um, the underdog and taking the points, then that's why there's a shorter, the smaller spread between the points and the final game. These games are being massaged so they benefit the bookies. That's why fewer points are being scored, allegedly. That's why fewer (laughs) touchdowns are being thrown, allegedly. But once gambling is involved, can you ever really say everything is completely honest and open? No, you're not. I don't think you can ever say the whole sport is clean and unfixed ever again. No, you're right. Yeah, good point. But if you enjoy it this way, yeah. God bless. You know, uh, my, <laughs> my friend was showing me his tool shed and pointed to a ladder. That's my stepladder, he said. I never knew my real ladder. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of good. I only seem to get sick on weekdays. I must have a weekend immune system. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> After an unsuccessful harvest... Why did a farmer decide to try a career in music? Mm, I don't know. Because he had a ton of sick beats. <laughs> what does a baby computer call his father? Mm, I don't know. Data. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Why? Uh, shoot, I can't. Okay, forget it. Okay. I dropped the toothpaste, I said, crestfallen. How about some fat jokes? Oh, okay. We're both fat, so we can tell fat yeah, jokes. Yeah, we can, yep. And even if we're not, you don't see us, so we could say. We could be skinny as a toothpick, but we're fat. Yeah. But no, trust me, we we, uh, we are both weight challenged. We, we could be on that show, Thousand Pound Twins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, our egos don't get weighed, do they? Okay, never oh, mind. Oh, no, no, no. Not nope, quite nope, a thousand, nope. no. You're so fat that when you got on the scales, they said... I need your weight, not your phone number. <laughs> You're so fat that an origami crane had less folds than you. <laughs> there we go. You're so fat that when you wear a yellow raincoat, people shout out, Taxi! Oh, that's a mean one, yeah. You're so fat, the photo I took of you last year is still printing. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's clever. <laughs> that is good one. I, that's my favorite. <laughs> Want to hear some other ones? Sure. But my fat ones. Okay. 
the village called. They'd like their idiot back. Mm. You better get going. Yeah. <laughs> you have the right to remain silent because when, uh, whatever you say will probably be stupid anyway. Yeah. <laughs> your family tree must be a cactus because you're all a bunch of pricks. Oh, Ooh. that's a good one. Oh, dang it. <laughs> I was going to give you a nasty look, but I see that you've already got one. Yeah. Uh, well, that could... I'll just leave that one right there. <laughs> this one is my favorite. You're about as useful as an ashtray on a motorcycle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. You know, I once tried to smoke a cigarette while riding a motorcycle. Man, that was a mistake. As I stu <coughs> stuck it between my lips and accelerated to the next stoplight, it's like half that cigarette burned away in the wind. It was like, <laughs> and it was coming right at my face. <laughs> That's funny. <coughs> it was awful. People like you are the reason I'm on medication. <laughs> yeah. I believed in evolution until I met you. <laughs> we are Devo. <laughs> if I threw a stick, you'd leave, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love that one a lot. Yeah. And there's the one. Did your parents have any, ever have any kids that lived? <laughs> that was. I love that one. Yeah. Here's one. You have your entire life to be a jerk. Why not take a day off? Oh, that's a good one. I've known some people like that. Definitely. Your ass must be pretty jealous of all that shit that comes out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta remember some of these. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Can you smell what's coming out of your mouth there? <laughs> oh, I love this one. Remember when I asked you for your opinion? Me neither. <laughs> yes. That's a great one. If you're waiting for me to care, I hope you brought something to eat, because it's going to be a really long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's a really good one. Someday you'll go far. And I really hope you stay there. Ah, yes. I like the one that the Three Stooges said. Um, Mo was listening to Larry sing. And he goes, hey, Larry, can you sing tenor? Ten or fifteen miles away? Yeah. <laughs> or just ask, <laughs> please walk a mile in my shoes. And then keep walking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like you spend a day in someone's shoes. You're in their shoes and you can run off and you also got a mile head start. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying my absolute hardest to see things from your perspective, but I just can't get my head that far up my ass. No. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yep. Sometimes it's better to keep your mouth shut and give the impression that you're stupid than open it up and remove all doubt. Yeah. I've heard that one before and yep. I love that. And I think that was like, not Mark Twain, who was that? Maybe Groucho Marx. He had a number of sayings like that. Oh, here's the one that I really loved. You're about as useful as a screen door in a submarine. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. I've heard you're about as useful as tits on a boar hog. <laughs> Another one that's just odd that I kind of like for no apparent reason is people tolerate you. That is not real clever or nothing, <laughs> but it kind of sinks deep. Yeah. It's kind of like, they don't enjoy you. Mm -hmm. They just tolerate you, so forget all everything. 
they they just put up with you. That's it. Yeah. There's no joy when they see you. They're like, oh, well, this is something I got to do. Now I know why everyone talks about you behind your back. And that one right there is okay. But I just put it down there because it's kind of like a one of those ones that are kind of piercing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I saw one where a, 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 it was two women arguing and one was being real nasty. And then the other just hugged her and said, it's okay. I know why you're a bitch. <laughs> 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 well, I used to wait till people were really mad at me. I go, "Do you need hugums? <laughs> come here, come on, <laughs> me hug, hug, come on, come on." Come on the last thing they want is to touch. Oh you. my God, they want to kill you. I mean, they already want to kill you, but by at that point, they would kill you if they yes. had a knife. Yeah, yeah. Huh. you'd fuck out of there when you go. You want hugums? Come on, here, num num. Come here, get get some. Come on, come on in for biggin. Don't say biggin. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's something different. Come on in for a big hug. Come on. <laughs> you are like the sun, not because you light up my world, but because it hurts to look at you. <laughs> <laughs> that one I liked a lot, and I'm going to use that on someone. Yeah. <laughs> you better die on a weekday because no one will break their weekend plans to attend your funeral. Ooh, that's <laughs> oh. cold. Like, hey man, if I can't get a day off work, screw it. Whoever told you to be yourself simply could not have given you worse advice. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. That's piercing as hell. Yes. It's like, whoever told you to be yourself, that is fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the funeral one, I remember uh, I was working at the post office when Nixon died. Uh And we all got the day off. Tricky dicky. And so that became a thing, you know. Nixon? Yeah. Oh, when he died. When he died, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, God, that how, what was that, like 80s or 90s? No, that's 90s. 90s. Yeah, because I, I was working at the Rosedale Station, and I started there in 93, I think. So Okay. But anyway, so every time a president would die, we would get a day off. And I remember <laughs> one winter, you know, there's a long stretch between... Uh, like Martin Luther King Day and uh, Memorial Day, where there's no holidays for the post office. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't get anything off for Easter. Um, so there's a big stretch, and, and right in the middle of that long, barren stretch, there was some guy saying, "Isn't there an ex-president that could die or something? I need a day off." <laughs> <laughs> and that was just like some of those brutal things. <laughs> of course, here I am laughing about it, but it just one of those damn ex-presidents could die so I could get the day off. Trying to think. Let's see. Well, I mean, we got Biden in office right now. I mean, mm-hmm. he's like working on eighty, isn't he? So yeah, I mean, he's actually he probably sees white lights at night and dead relatives already. Mm. He's doing the little pre. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how many ex presidents we have. We have Clinton. Clinton who's had all these heart problems, but just and, seems uh, Carter kind of, still hanging in yeah, there. Yeah, Carter is almost a hundred. Had brain cancer. Yeah, and is still hanging on. And then George W. Yep, he's well into the seventies, yeah, probably o- on the latter side. And Obama. Yeah, Obama's probably Trump. about sixty now. Trump is into the seventies really well yeah, too. We have a, we have at least five living ex presidents. Yeah. So. Yeah, and postal workers hang in there. You got five 
paid holidays coming yeah, up. Yep, yep. <laughs> Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. Don't, don't, don't expect Clinton to die anytime soon. Cockroaches are hard to kill. That's true. Yeah. And Obama's gonna, probably going to hang around because he looks like he's getting his health back from mm-hmm. when he was in the White House. Yeah, it looks like he's actually finally having fun again or yeah. something. Yeah, I mean, you take a look at the picture of him on the first day of office and picture of him in the last day of oh office. Oh my God, he, he might have been one of the most aged ones. Yeah, I mean, eight years went by, but he looked like he aged about 15 at yeah. least. Yeah, that's that's got to be a hell of a job. Oh, I bet. Not one I want. I mean, I don't even know all the responsibilities, and I don't want to know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want, want it. that job. I would not want it at all. No. There's some things that you would have to know and learn that you just can't ever forget. Yeah. You always know them. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It not only makes you a target, but it makes you stay I, up at I night would looking in the mirror. I would love to do an exit poll on all the. <laughs> I would love to do an exit poll on all these presidents. Yeah. And see their true thoughts. No filters. Nothing. Yeah, like an exit interview. Yeah. Yeah. And go. Are you glad that you did it? I'll bet you most of them were like, fuck that. Yeah. Even though they fought really hard to get elected, they're probably like, thank God I can get away from this place. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they are. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? you yeah. Sh- so. Here's one. You shouldn't act hard to get when you're hard to want. <laughs> that's a, that that's a pretty good one. That piercing, too. <laughs> yes. Here's a good one. <laughs> Life is full of disappointments. Just ask your parents. <laughs> oh, this next one might be my favorite. Yep. When your mom dropped you off at school, she got a fine for littering. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a good one for Halloween. Is you go up to somebody who's wearing a costume and you look them up and down and you just say, What were you supposed to be? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. (laughs) Here's one. Not saying I hate you, but I would unplug your life support to charge my phone. (laughs) (laughs) And then here's one I've heard forever. You're the poster child for birth control. (laughs) That that one's been around a long, long time. Yeah. It's like the one when when you were born, your parents swore to give up anal sex. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good one. Oh, I got a really good one right here. I would love to insult you, but I'm afraid I won't do it as well as nature did. No. <laughs> Here's a really good one. Uh-huh. Somewhere out there, there's a tree whose single purpose on Earth is to replace the oxygen you waste. Go find it and apologize. <laughs> that one is fucking awesome. Here's one that my mom... Uh, said was uh, going around when she was a girl. Okay. Um, this would have been back in the late 40s, early 50s. Is you go up to a girl and you say, I've got this funniest joke. It'll just knock your tits off. Oh, I see you've already heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. That one's almost, that one's like 80 years old. <laughs> that's good. At least. Here's a good one. I've never, I don't know, I have neither the time nor the crayons to explain this to you. (laughs) (laughs) Or, I could explain this to you, but I don't speak (laughs) dumbass. Here's another one. Are you naturally this dumb, or do you have to put in effort? (laughs) 
<laughs> Did you draw the card that said, be an asshole today? <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's a good one. I can only explain it to you. I can't understand it for you. Yes, I've heard that one. That's a good one. I love that one. Mm-hmm. Here's one of the best. And this is just a quick, just, I'd love to do this in passing to a real jerk. I envy everyone that you have never met. (laughs) (laughs) That one is piercing. (laughs) Oh, Uh. Oh, here's one. You're like the end pieces of a loaf of bread. Everyone touches you, but nobody wants you. Ooh. There we go. Oh, and here's a good one. You're not pretty enough to be that stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, there's some digs. Yeah. Um, And here's one short and to the point. Just quit being yourself. Ah. It ain't working. (laughs) Oh, this one's a good one. I hope you lose weight so there'll be less of you. I always like a good drummer joke. Oh, yeah. Let's hear one. <laughs> uh, let's oh, what see. do you call a guy that hangs around musicians? <laughs> the drummer. The drummer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you call a drummer who breaks up with his girlfriend? I don't know what. Homeless. Homeless. <laughs> that, I've known enough drummers. That is true. That came from truth. What does a stripper do with her asshole before she goes to work? Oh, what? Drops him off at band practice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Here's the ways the drum machine is better than the real drummer. Uh, one, you only have to teach the drum machine once. <laughs> Two, the drum machine always shows up sober. And three, the drum machine won't sleep with your girlfriend. <laughs> here's what I would say to any drummer I meet. I hope your day is filled with people like you. <laughs> We're a weird bunch. <laughs> we got you feel like Keith Moon, <laughs> Jim Gordon. He's still in in the mental hospital. <laughs> oh, here is a really really good one. If I wanted to kill myself, I'd climb up your ego and jump to your IQ. <laughs> wow that is that is really good yeah and then this one's an oldie but a goodie if only your mother had swallowed you instead <gasps> yeah let's see oh that reminds me of another one where you say the best parts of you ran down the crack of your mama's ass yeah 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 mm. the best part of you was target practice on her fucking tramp stamp <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here's one that's pretty interesting. <clears throat> you spit in the face of evolution. <laughs> and here's a really good one. Even dogs don't like you. Oh, yeah. That's rough if a dog doesn't like you. <laughs> or an, any dog. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. I got a couple of would you rathers. All right. And then would I've you? got a, a subject we can talk about if you like. Okay, that sounds good. Would you rather be the person who flips the switch during executions or be the judge who decides who should be executed? Oh, gosh. That's tough, because if you flip the switch, you uh, actually do it. But if you're the judge, you... Actually have it done. Oh, gosh. 
Well, I guess I'll be the judge then. If I don't have to actually flip the switch. Man, neither one sounds good. Hmm. Let me think. I think flicking the switch, and here's why. I had to do it. I didn't make up the rules. Well, that's I'm true. Just a part of it, mm -hmm. and I could justify it in my own mind. That, you know what? If it wasn't me, someone else would have done it. It's yeah. just that I was the poor bastard. Part of the that legal was, process. It's yeah, gonna happen. It so. had to happen, and and actually, it was me that actually, you know, I I actually am the guy that was responsible yeah. enough to do it. I didn't want to do it, and I have compassion, but I had to do it. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So if I was the guy that ordered it, I don't know how I'd feel like at the end of the day going, man. Yeah. You know, what if that guy was innocent? Or, you know, or, or you know, and and then like, what if you find out later that like maybe he could have been innocent? Yeah. Yeah, I I wouldn't want to be the judge. Uh, I wouldn't. Either. I wouldn't want to be the uh, the uh, switch flipper either. Mm -hmm. But that would be in my mind rationalizing it lesser two evils. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Would you rather always have the urge to pee or have to always wear a diaper? Oh, that gosh. one's fucked. I hate having the urge to pee. I work as a mailman in a lot of neighborhoods that didn't have anywhere I could go to use the bathroom. So I'd walk for hours having to pee, and that really sucks. Mm. At that point, I probably wished I had a diaper so I could just let fly. <laughs> oh, I bet. Wear one of those astronaut diapers like that crazy woman wore. <laughs> oh, yeah. When she went cross-country to kill her rival. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was an astronaut, so was the guy she was sleeping I with. I forgot all about that. What a bizarre yeah. story that just went away. Yeah. She was sleeping with him. He was married to somebody else. So she, and then she thinks he's cheating with somebody else. So she goes driving cross-country. And wears a diaper so she can get there really quick. Uh-huh. And she's got like a, a duct Isn't tape and rope and a, for, and a yeah. baseball bat in her trunk. And she was going to kill him, her, <laughs> kill the other woman. And the other woman, yeah. Yeah. Gosh, it was crazy. <laughs> Forgot all about that. Because of our continual efforts to be funny, our newest segment, Odd Insults from an Alien, this is a real knee slapper. Yeah, I watched a show the other day uh, about an ancient city. It was part of the, Ro the, the Holy Roman Empire. Uh, what Hitler called the First Reich. You know, Hitler always talked about yeah. his being the Third Reich. Yes. Uh, the First Reich, he considered the uh, the Roman Empire. The Second Reich was uh, when Bismarck joined all the okay, so little Reich. separate let countries me, let into me try the to First get this. Germany. What would Reich be in German? Um, I don't know. This is just my own curiosity because... I don't know what Reich it, translates to. like Reich empire part of his capital name? Uh, Reichskanzler. Reich Reich Reich, yeah, he was yeah. the Chancellor of the Reich. Of uh, the Reich, yeah. yeah. Chancellor um, was kind of like more than Prime Minister, more than President. Okay. Something like that. But uh, And then there was a, the building where the government met was Reichstag. Uh, so Reich Reichstag, probably meant like Reichstag Empire is what or, I was referring to. Yeah, the royalty, you know, something along those terms 
Anyway, so the First Reich, the Holy Roman Empire. <laughs> you know, this is way back when. Um, so there was this city called Neapolis. Mm-hmm. And the majority of the city had sunken into the harbor, and it was underwater. And uh, uh, it was explored recently. Um, apparently, during the heights of the Roman Empire, this city produced um, enormous quantities of a fish sauce called garum. Okay. Uh, apparently how they made it is they would take anchovies and layer them with salt in these large outdoor tanks. And they'd throw in some herbs to season, like rosemary and cilantro were mentioned, but they said they usually reused uh, local herbs too yeah. uh, for whatever region they were shipping to. They were able to ship this all over the Roman Empire. They had this enormous network of roads and warehouses and and trade routes. It was incredible. So uh, the garum became produced primarily in this city of Neapolis. And they built tank after tank after tank, making millions of gallons of this stuff. Uh, they would They would do it outside, and the salt and the fish would kind of ferment. And the fish would totally liquefy. And then it would seep out of the main tanks to a lower tank. And then that sauce was piped off. It was a very oily, protein-rich, um, kind of fishy, salty sauce. They used it on everything. They drank it like milk. They would they would sprinkle it on their foods. Um, they would season just about everything with it. Um, so it was, it was hugely important. They said it was like the ketchup of the Roman Empire or milk. You know, okay. it's just what it was it like part of every meal. Um, so the only way that they could afford to make all this was they had they could reach all these foreign markets. Uh huh. And it was interesting when they were describing them. They said they were the Amazon Prime of the ancient world because they had warehouses set up everywhere across the Roman Empire with goods from all sorts of places all over the Roman Empire. So, like, you would have troops from, say, um, what was it called, like, France, which was part of the Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. And you had them fighting way off to the east in Bulgaria or whatever. Yeah. You wanted to be able to supply those troops with foods from home to keep their morale up. So they would have stuff from France shipped and stored in warehouses all over, and when a troops from France were nearby, they would just tap into those warehouses and get those French goods out for them, etc. And they could do that with you know all sorts of uh, tribes or ethnicities or, or uh, uh, um, cultures, etc. It really was like Amazon Prime of the ancient world, and they, they had the Roman roads, uh, they... They controlled all the territory so they could ship stuff everywhere. But as the Roman Empire crumbled, mm-hmm. demand for garum dwindled, and the uh, the city of Neapolis suddenly had way too much capacity, uh-huh. and the money started to dry up. And they also said that the tsunami that hit Alexandria and destroyed it, the same tsunami hit Neapolis and weakened the whole city structure it wasn't built on very solid uh, solid ground and oh, thereafter right. every little earthquake would crack everything more and more and the, the sea just started seeping in 
that right now the bulk of all the tanks that they use to make the garum are, are underwater because the sea has reclaimed it. It's just been sinking away. Oh, wow. But, uh, and I was thinking, uh, let's see, they've actually found some jars uh, compl- containing the dried residue of garum, so they're able to analyze it and, de- and determine it was actually anchovies as the fish they <laughs> used. I'll be um, damned. But it really seems to me like that was the inspiration for what we call Worcestershire sauce. Because that is made with fish and onions and various other things. And it's fermented in barrels with a lot of salt. Yeah. In Neapolis, they ferment it outdoors in these brick-lined tanks. Mm -hmm. Um, But Worcestershire sauce, I think that originated as an offshoot of the Roman garum. Probably did, actually. Never really thought about that, Mm -hmm. but that's true. That is very similar. Yeah. I wonder what the taste would have been like. Quite a bit the same or not? Uh, No, they they said the garum was more like like an olive oil consistency. And uh, it was a lot of the fish oil. Okay. But it would have uh, little tiny bits of bone, fish bone in it, because it, it, the fish basically would liquefy in the, in the heavy salt and the mm-hmm. enzymes of the fish itself. So it would be like drinking the oil from a tin of anchovies, probably, with some herbs mixed in, like oh. mint or rosemary Ugh. or cilantro. That doesn't sound appealing to me, no. but, you know. But if you're raised on it, and really that no, was... No, you know what, that's it right there. And for the Romans, that was pretty much the main I mean, source you know, of protein there are in their idiots diet. that are raised with kale and think yeah, that's, that's, that's a real food. But, but we all know that kale is bullshit. It's a made-up food. No, it's, I think it's made of fiberglass or plastic. Yeah, it's not it actually is. a plant. It's like the fire Festival. It was never really a food. Yeah, it's like an, a, an April Fool's joke that got out of hand. Yeah, yeah. You're the inventor of kale, Mr. Uh, Jimmy Kale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did it on purpose. He thought it was funny. Yeah. He's like, he, he. And then some idiots started doing it and just started eating it and acting yeah. like it was good. And they... They convinced themselves it was actually good and it was a food. Yeah. And Jimmy Kill, he he uh, he went in disguise. He was so embarrassed that people actually liked his joke. Yeah. And and to this day, I think most kale you get is actually made from like toxic waste that they just yeah you know, it it's is. like garbage that yeah. they oh here, get hang rid on. of let me so look, they just turn let me it look into it kale. Up here. Let me look it up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. James Tiberian Kale. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's his name. All right, not to be confused with the musician J.J. Kale, or not to be confused with with the uh, uh, fictional character James Tiberian Kirk. Oh yeah, yes, from Iowa allegedly. Yeah, Yeah, from Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, that was another point the show brought up: is the Roman diet was mostly cereal grains. Name James on the series. Yeah, James T. Kirk. Yeah, Tiberian. That's Mm -hmm. it. Okay. But the Romans' main diet was these uh, cereal grains, which are harder to digest. Mm-hmm. Um, so their main source of protein was this garum. Uh, the invading hordes, supposedly, that, that conquered the Roman Empire, um, had a much more varied diet with, uh, they said, like fast-growing cereal grains. So they were eating much better than the Romans, so they could think faster, move better. That makes uh, sense. Yeah. And... Yeah. and and also the Romans were too busy butt-fucking each other. But the funny thing no, is... Joking. Well, actually, they were. Um, <laughs> no, but... I'm yeah, the funny thing is, you know how they say uh, uh, history is written by the victors? Yes. In the case of the fall of the Roman Empire, v- history was written by the losers. 
the Romans themselves. That's true. Because the the uh, uh, it was Attila the Hun and all the tribes he had gathered together that uh, they say didn't necessarily come in to conquer and rape and pillage the way the Romans said. They were just immigrating. That's true. They were just immigrants. And they came in and they, they set up farms and they had villages and, and you know, they, they interbred with the locals and... You know, of course, in Rome, they depicted them in propaganda as, you know, burning every building and slaughtering mm. the children and raping. It didn't happen. They were garnering hate. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. Yeah. But the problem for for uh, Attila the Hun and his, his hordes, tribes, whatever, they had no official language because it was groups from all over. They had That's no true. written language. Never even thought about that. And they didn't care about writing a history. You know, they weren't in. They weren't trying to knock down a big empire or something. They were just, you know, Attila got all these tribes, to, you know, together under his leadership and kind of made this empire. And they just kind of emigrated into the Roman Empire. And for yeah. the Romans, it was like, ah, they're coming to attack. And for the for the <laughs> the Mongols or the uh, Huns or whatever that was just like hey we, we, we need some more space to live <laughs> so we've been listening to the losers whine yeah. all these years about the Roman Empire <laughs> oh these, these big nasty barbarians came in and we weren't able to fuck corpses anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> which they did which they did we went into that last yeah. week I think yeah it was a young woman yeah, they, a, a they young single like, woman. Yeah, if she didn't a have a husband or whatever, it was like you know, no sense in wasting this this attractive body. So they just put her out in public for and young men to. And they would bang her until she was uh, you couldn't stand the smell anymore. Yeah, oh. and then they, yeah, because a, a young unmarried woman in Rome had no value whatsoever. None. <laughs> yeah. Boy, it's hard to believe. <laughs> Anyhow, okay. Anyhow. How civilized of them. <laughs> Do you know that uh, archaeologists believe they discovered the tomb of Santa Claus? Oh, cool. Yeah. And, and there was really a Santa Claus. Yeah, of course, he didn't like have a magical sleigh. And, right. There's know, an like, actual person yeah. that Santa Claus is based on. And last week we discovered that Rudolph was actually a female because they grow their little bumps uh, and horns during the winter. Yeah. The uh, females do, and the males do during the summer, so Rudolph was a woman. So, a tomb at St. Nicholas Church in Turkey has found an intriguing shine, uh, shrine beneath floors previously unseen due to the tiled floor's intricate uh, mosaic. So, they really didn't want to disturb it because, you know, as a mosaic, it was interesting, it was beautiful. Yeah. So, anyhow. Man, you just can't put those back together. No, that's it. So, they mm-hmm. couldn't really, you know, they didn't know it was in there. Yeah, you don't just go tear that up looking and see what's underneath. <laughs> no, no, exactly. <laughs> so, for centuries, the location of the grave of St. Nicholas of Myra, and I'm, so I guess that was his official whatever. St. Nicholas of Myra? Yeah. Nice. The, the inspiration for the modern-day Santa Claus has been contested. Historical records have claimed that he was buried at the church that bears his name. St. Nicholas' body was uh, storied to have been removed by Italian merchants. Hmm. So, I guess not. I guess they have this shrine in here. Yeah. But I don't think the body's there, by the way, this thing talks. It's weird. So many times in, in 
in stories like this from hundreds of years past or longer, bodies get moved around all the time. I know, isn't that crazy? Yeah, I mean, who's who would think to just oh, I want to take like this body said, with me, just dig it up and go somewhere? Like, like, <laughs> like the Stalin detail of Hitler. Yeah. You know, oh shit! It's my turn to go dig him up. Uh, God, imagine burying and then unburying Hitler every day. Ugh. Ugh. An excavation crew discovered the shrine while working. Ugh. Tests will be done trying to identify whether this new discovery might or might not be the original idea for where Santa Claus was uh, mm-hmm. born. And you know, in the older depictions of Santa Claus, he's he was wearing green. Uh, a lot of times he's wearing like... A coat yes. that looks like forest or tree bark or tree limbs or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, as far as I know, the red and white Santa Claus didn't come about until Coca-Cola started using him in their ads. And That's Coca-Cola right. Coca-Cola dressed him in red and white. Yes, because they want their colors yeah. are red and white. That's the only reason Santa Claus wears red and white is because Coca-Cola used him in their ads a long time ago. Yeah, and it and would put those show colors like on him. Like people have like cookies down there and uh-huh. a Coca-Cola for him. Yep. And he's got the 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 woman shaped the voluptuous looking Coke bottle in his hand. Yep. Think of how brilliant Coca-Cola has been. Yeah, if Pepsi had thought of it first, Santa Claus would be wearing red, white, and blue. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Only with the blue predominant now. It didn't it used to be even. Yeah. The all of their ones previous to maybe two thousand. Yeah. All the red, white, and blue is even. Now they went mainly blue yep. the red and white mixed in. See, red is Coke, so that's what Republicans think, drink. And yeah. then blue is, is Pepsi, so that's what the Democrats drink. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? And it does seem to kind of be like that, too. Let's unnecessarily separate something by political lines. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Coke, yeah, have you ever heard the TikTok, the balsamic vinegar and soda water? It's it's dubbed the uh, healthy Coke. Oh, no. Yeah, a viral drink that combines balsamic vinegar and soda water is being tasted by curious foodies because some people claim it tastes like a healthy Coke. But... Uh, um, Dentists and uh, dietitians are warning otherwise. So it's bad for your teeth and it's not that good to drink. A TikTok user brought this to attention about this uh, unusual pairing. The video claims that the drink was being used by her uh, Pilates instructor. Hmm. Which was obviously bullshit. And it doesn't taste anything like Coke. Yeah. I read up on it. It's just basically a fucking joke. Yeah. And people are going making this healthy Coke. See, these social media trends, they don't give a shit about whether you fuck up your life or screw up your health or destroy something or get sent to prison. They're just out there to jerk you around. Yeah. And here's another one that's out there just to jerk you around. It is. The video went on to say it tastes just like Coke. I'm not joking with you. Mm. That's what, And that'd be my first clue not to believe them. Mm-hmm. I'm not joking with you, really. Uh huh. That's like all bullshit. The checks in the mail, and I'll respect you in the morning, and I won't come in your mouth, and <laughs> all those bullshit lies. <laughs> we'll go to breakfast in the morning, and then you don't see them. Yeah. Welcome to the world of AIDS, splattered on the mirror and blood. <laughs> Look that up. Look that up. That was like uh, 
when AIDS first came about and the whole world was scared to death, like, you know, when COVID first came out, yeah. you know, everyone thought they were going to die, this new super fucking virus. If you even think about jerking off, that was sexual and you're going to get it and die. <laughs> so no one knew anything about it. And it was like a big fear thing going on. And, Tons of overreaction. And then every guys, possible way. supposedly yeah. in every state, in every country, in every city, there was some guy that went to went to bed with some woman he found in a bar somewhere, woke up, she was gone, and welcome to the world of AIDS on the mirror in blood. Yeah. And that happened to all these people. That was an urban legend. Yeah, yeah it was everywhere. complete bullshit. Yeah. There was I, the origin of it, I, I believe. Uh, I remember hearing the news story. Uh, there was a guy who was enraged that oh. he had gotten HIV yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. from a woman. So he set out to infect as many women as possible intentionally. Mm-hmm. And he was eventually caught and uh, went to prison. Yes. But I think that was the origin of that story. I think he died in prison, uh, sure he? he did. Yeah, uh, yeah, because back then they had really no treatment. Yeah, it was a death sentence for yeah, quite they, a while. They didn't know anything about it. It was yeah. a death sentence. It was a long time before they figured out it was a virus. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and then yeah. they had to isolate it and find it. They were literally, <laughs> they were literally just like uh, blind, blindsided by this. Yeah, I remember an early headline describing it as a new cancer that only affects gay men. That's right. And that's right. Wow. Uh-huh. Get, they that's thought it right. was a new type of cancer. If cancer was one of the f- diseases you could catch when you had full-blown AIDS. Yeah. Uh, Carposi well, sarcoma was a lot of people died one. from cancer yeah. when, when they had full-blown AIDS. Yeah. So, it, it, at first, people were identifying oh, it as There's that. another fact. No one died from AIDS. AIDS weakened your immune system so bad to where you died from something right. else. Right, you have to say complications I of think, AIDS. I uh, think Freddie Mercury died of pneumonia, uh-huh. I believe. And pneumonia takes a lot of people. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tuberculosis. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cancer is also another one. There's like so many diseases that it led to because the weakened immune system. I mean, you could actually say that Actually, non-existent immune system because yeah. that's what full-blown AIDS, AIDS did. Was it took your immune system down to nothing to where uh, anything would kill you? Yeah, yeah. So you know, little things like toxoplasmosis, which for us, we you know, it doesn't even bug us. Um, pregnant women should stay away from cat litter because the toxo uh, can harm the. Oh, the that's right. Baby. I forgot about that. Yeah. But okay. if you have full-blown AIDS, the toxoplasmosis, um, toxo bug in the cat litter will form an abscess in your brain. And that's an identifier for having full-blown AIDS. If you have toxo in your brain, you've got AIDS. Oh, wow. Because otherwise, it can't be there. Well, you're a big House fan. Did House ever catch that? There was one episode where the guy had toxo in his brain. You see, I knew that he would do that. He would catch it. And they said, you've got AIDS. And he says, no, I don't. So they tested him, and he tested positive. And he said, I I swear I don't have AIDS. And they tested him again, and he tested negative. You know how many people do that? Oh, okay. Did he or not? He tested negative the second time. So then they had to figure out, okay, what looks like AIDS but isn't AIDS. And then they figured out it was a combination of a childhood virus and um, 
a drug that his mother gave him for seizures mm. when he was a child, and it, it caused. Incidentally, a, this goes into something. Go ahead. Yeah, it, it caused a, a condition, a rare condition that is very, very similar to AIDS, and mm. the initial AIDS test was just a false positive. We uh, we had a boxer. Mm-hmm. In Kansas City, named Tommy Morrison. I remember Tommy. He was in Rocky Tommy Five. Tommy the Duke Morrison. Yeah, Tommy the Duke Morrison. He was Tommy Gunn. Yeah, in that's uh, right. Rocky Five, uh-huh. and he was a uh, rising star. Now, coincidentally, I did watch him get his ass pummeled in Westport by just some regular guy. Yeah. He was drunk and in his limo fucking with people and trying to steal people's girlfriends and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he went fucking picking on the wrong guy. And the guy beat the shit out of him in front of Kelly's. And yeah. I watched it happen. Big difference and between so like a boxer people. and a martial arts fighter. Well, this guy was just a street fighter. And he just yeah. flat took him to the ground and Krav started Maga. pummeling him. <laughs> the Israeli street fighting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I also think that Morrison was probably knee deep in a lot yeah. of drinks, too. Plus, this guy knew how to fight dirty. Morrison had been heavily yeah, the trained. Yeah, literally to just, just took box. him to the ground and just beat the shit out of him on the ground. Yeah. And you didn't hear anything from Morrison except like a get back in his limo and fucking lick his wounds. And he was being a complete dick because I watched him do this. Oh, he was allegedly. Notorious. He was notorious for being just oh, a yeah. piece of shit. Oh yeah, he come out there in his limo, totally full of himself, shirt off, fucking mm-hmm. yeah, look at these guns. Everyone's like, "Fuck you, get away from me." Well, anyhow, Tommy Morrison got AIDS. Yes, he did. He says from a woman, um, there have been all different types of rumors. Did you hear any of the rumors about him? One thing I saw that they tried at first uh, to blame the AIDS on was uh, he was cut and another boxer was cut and the other boxer had AIDS and it got transferred like yeah, a I remember that. or something. I remember that. But then they couldn't come up with the other boxer who had AIDS. So Do you remember what they came up with later? No. Huh? It was a false positive. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They declared a false positive. Yeah, because... Uh, um, uh, Magic Johnson contracted AIDS before him. Yeah. A little bit before him. He's still around. Yep. Magic Johnson did something. He went overseas and had his blood microwaved or something. Actually, he got HIV, but he never developed AIDS. Yeah, he figured out or, a way to hold it off. Or developed AIDS and he is in remission. That's it. He actually went to AIDS. And then he got and then in, remission in remission. Which by some treatment that he took overseas, yeah. supposedly. And South Park, of course, did an episode about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, the rumor is, is he cooked his blood and killed all the AIDS, and they kept putting it, cycling it back into Something him. Something like that. Until there was nothing left, you know. Yeah. So now AIDS is not a death sentence. They control it, and people actually, besides taking 100 pills a day, live a normal life. And there's one I've and seen. And the reason I say this is because a person that I like a lot, a good friend of mine, um, has AIDS mm-hmm. or, or uh, HIV, HIV positive, yeah. and he has to take like 100 pills. He has to take them the same, some of them the same time of the day and all this. Yeah. And it's a complete pain in the ass, but like he told me, <laughs> probably <laughs> alternative. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so uh, anyhow, they can live with it now, but Tommy uh, uh, Morrison said that it was a false positive. Yeah. Because of, uh, because of uh, steroids. A oh. steroid that they use gave a false positive. Huh. Well, I think Magic Johnson checked into that, too. Yeah. But he found out that that's not true. 
Oh, because Magic but Johnson Morrison, was thinking maybe mine's a false positive. Yeah, Morrison yeah. chose to believe that and didn't do anything about his AIDS. Uh, and he's dead now. Yeah. He's been dead for quite a while. I wonder if he infected anybody during his denial period. There was rumors that there was a lot of payoffs. Yeah. I don't know this to be true because a lot of this stuff is, uh, you know, is confidential. Yeah. I'm well into the whole debacle with him. People were still trying to salvage his career. Mm-hmm. And he they thought he... Fought. Yeah, he, he fought while HIV positive. Yeah. So yeah. that was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... I think they just got a TV deal because everyone wanted to tune in and watch somebody with HIV box. I think you know, so, Like too. it was going to be some big event. But look, the deal was... You is can't Tommy, look at him and see it. Tommy Morrison <laughs> was going to be a great boxer, but he was never disciplined enough. He was too busy going out and partying, and that's how he got AIDS, you mm. know, or uh, HIV. That's how he got his ass kicked in Westport when I watched him. That's how come I heard the multiple stories about stupid shit that he did. Because he was never disciplined enough. That's why he had a brutally short life. Yeah, he was getting ready to fight Mike Tyson, wasn't it? Uh huh. Yeah, he was working up to that. All of a sudden, Vegas pulled the plug on it. So, nope. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. And that's because he tested positive for AIDS. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is if he could have even lasted like 10 rounds with Mike Tyson, he would have been back in. Yeah. He would have been another young contestant because, let's face it, this is, I think, probably pretty much true he was the only white guy in that group and i think that there was enough people that wanted to see just one white guy in there mm-hmm. i'm not saying it's racist no i'm yeah 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 i'm not saying it's racist i'm not saying anything like that i think that people just wanted someone else in there just to have someone else in there yeah i, I, I think I, mean, I didn't give a shit because man my favorite ones were uh we're African American anyhow, so I didn't give a I fuck, think in that boxing class there just aren't that many white boxers. They tend to cluster more in different weight classes. Yes, you I know, agree. I don't think there's any lack of one uh, ethnicity in or another in boxing. It's, it's just and they I'm tend just to go speculating to why Morrison would have been back in that group anyhow, because he kept getting lumped back in that group even though he was really undisciplined and in my opinion, if he'd been African American, yeah. he would have been way down the list. And because of his like undiscipline, he had the, he had the, uh, he had the brawn, mm-hmm. and he had the uh, technique, and he had the jaw, but he didn't have the discipline. It seemed to me he always looked pretty tubby when he got up into the weight class. Like he wasn't putting it on necessarily all in muscle. Because but some didn't he start out as a fat. Bantamweight, like right underneath it. They all start out in, in slower, smaller yeah, weight classes and, and work their way weight. up. Uh, yeah. Holyfield was the most. Holyfield went from middleweight to heavyweight, which is highly unusual. It is. Yeah. That's a lot of weight to gain, and to yeah. be that quick and to be that mm-hmm. in shape like he was, just insane if you think about it. Yeah. You have to gain like twenty pounds, but stay as lean and cut as you are and as fast. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see anyone gain 20 pounds and be like that. It's really virtually almost impossible to do. And, and think of the crossover between boxers in that weight class and with their athletic abilities. Um, rewind them a few years and steer them towards football and their offensive and defensive linemen. Yeah. So, I mean, that where, that could be where some of them go instead of 
boxing is, you know, hey, I'm going to go play football. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe maybe there's some hockey players who get up to that big size in some of the leagues. So, you know, there's, there's other outlets for him. So Tommy Morrison going into boxing, he probably would have gone into football if he hadn't been interested in boxing. Mm-hmm. But he didn't seem... He probably would have been a linebacker in the NFL, but in boxing he had to gain more more weight and more fat to get into the weight class, and I think yeah. that kind of slowed him down once he got yeah. heavy enough. He really was trying to get into a weight class I don't think he belonged in. I was trying to think who he beat that put him on the map, and then he lost to Michael Bent, got his ass kicked, he was a nobody in tomato yeah. can. Uh. I can't remember a lot of boxers from that time, um, and it might have been while he was, you know, in the, a weight class one below that he had his best fight. Uh, let me see. Let's get a little cold Tommy up here. the Duke Morrison's most famous fights. Is she talking to you again? No. Okay, oh, our, here's something that said right here. He was the hardest-hitting boxers ever. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. He did have, that's, and then they played into that with Tommy Gunn. Like yeah. His fist is a bullet, and, yeah. And and actually, you know what, I mean, honestly, thinking about it, he probably did deserve to be in the top ten because of that punch. It had been a while. I mean, no one's really spoke of him and really gave a shit. Yeah. But actually, honestly, if that guy with a little discipline, he could have probably been the champion or definitely in the top three. I think for him, the secret would have been, as you said, getting the training and discipline to be able to land that heavy punch Can you imagine often enough. against Riddick Bowe? Riddick Bowe was massive. Yeah. That would have been like a blood fest. I mean, they would have just beat the shit out of each yeah, other. Yeah, but Tommy would have had to learn how to take was, a hit, too. If he was disciplined, yeah, he didn't have a glass jaw. He did not, because he stood in the ring with some pretty good fighters and didn't, you know, didn't really get phased when he got hit. But I don't think he could have landed his heavy punch often enough to offset how often the other boxer landed his heavy punch. Yeah, you know, I think you're right. Training. He couldn't go toe-to-toe without the proper training. He, yeah, he would lose on the number of hits. You know, it like, I'm not sure how they score boxing, but if they had scored it, okay. if he got not gotten knocked out, I they think he would have been outscored. for how good and clean a hit it is. Yeah, um, so I think he would have gotten outscored pretty much in the rounds. He like would have had to go for the knockout. Like a little jab would have been one. A direct fucking facial right to the nose, fucking uppercuts, mm-hmm. pretty high up there. Depends on the what type of hit, where it's at, and how hard it is. Mm-hmm. And it does make sense once you watch it for a while. Yeah, well, you have to land like, a good solid hit. It can't be just one of those deflected or you know little yeah. tiny jabs. Those don't really count. No. But if you land a good solid hit, not just a glancing blow, then you the get back. some points for it. Yeah. The other one is a snap back, the neck snap. Because uh, then you know you've really landed with You the see impact. the guy's fucking neck snap and his face jolt. Yeah. You know that's going to be probably a three-pointer. That's like the field, goal that. Of bo- the field goal yeah. of boxing is the neck snap. That's <laughs> <laughs> three. So, anyhow. Uh, so, yeah, t- with Tommy Morrison... Man, so many possibilities, but 
imagine how he had to be raised to get him you into the mood to go into a ring and just beat somebody until they're unconscious well mike tyson i think we do know some of his i mean yeah i mean raised angry um, uh, now i forgot the name of the guy that took him in oh crazy here don king Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about the guy that trained him and took him in as his... Oh, when Don King stole him from him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember that. What the fuck was that guy's name? Oh, well. Anyhow. The nice guy who finished last. That was his name. That was his name, yeah. (laughs) And Don King came in and stole him. What was up with Don King's hair? Man. When Don King got involved, that's when Mike Tyson started faltering, too. Yeah. Because he probably got him hooked on something. To control them. Very easily could have been, yeah. Very easily could have been. Here's the Coke, and I'm the only one who can get it for you. Boxing was that dirty, too. Oh, yeah. Oh. You know, I'm thoroughly convinced that, like, any any superstar could have dropped dirty. You would not have heard anything about it. Mm -hmm. Because there's so much money involved. It would have never happened. Football's going that way, in my opinion. (laughs) Football football is becoming a battle of the refs. Yeah. Yeah, it's very fucking irritating. Like yeah. the actual sports books are calling out the refs for, uh, like that phantom false start on Cleveland, where they said the center jerked the ball on the replay. Oh, see, yeah. never happened. Yeah, that was bullshit. Uh-huh. Yeah, and what a cheap penalty to just throw out there to alter a game. And it was either to that game, the game or another game. Where then they let the clock run through the two-minute warning. Yeah. And the two-minute warning just didn't exist. Sorry. And the the the, the point of the article was it pretty much finished Cleveland's season at two and five. Yeah, because five losses, man, and you're, you're not climbing back from that. And it's no that's five the losses. The rookies are calling out the refs. That yeah. early in the season, five losses is a death sentence. In their uh, division, especially, Cleveland's really starting to fall apart. Anyhow, Kareem Hunt wants out. Yeah. We had him in Kansas City first. It's no doubt. I'd like to have him back. I still uh, have oh, a Kareem Hunt have jersey. Him back. Uh, oh, yeah, you need to use that jersey. <laughs> yeah. No, I love Kareem Hunt. He was such an angry runner. Yeah. It was just a work of art seeing him run. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, as far as anything else goes, the thing is, is he didn't have his cronies cover up for him. You know, when that bitch is giving him shit and calling him the N-word, he should have had his friends kick her ass. Uh-huh. Not him. Yep. yep. He said, hey, guys, look, I'm the fucking golden goose. You guys go fucking uh-huh. smack her around and tell her to get the fuck out of here. As long as he is not caught on video telling them to go kick her ass. I mean, if they just jump in and kick her ass yeah. and he's not, and he's not doing he anything. Him, he let they emotions get to him. Right. They, in, in that instance, they couldn't have gotten him for anything because the other guys did it and... He, they don't have him on video saying go do it. Yeah, he's like, I told him not to. Yeah. And then another thing is... Um, I'm still glad he got caught. Yeah, so Because that was totally wrong what he did. Oh, yeah. Well, no, no, I agree with that right there. But what <laughs> I'm saying what is... What we're talking about is he failed in his damage control. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Where other ones would do the damage control and say, hey, yeah. you know why you're here, don't you? Take care of shit like this. Uh-huh. So the other thing is, is Kansas City let him go. They released him. Because he lied about it. Yeah. They asked him there, like, is there anything we should know about this whole thing? Nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Then TMZ got a hold of it, and well. The video got on the yeah. air, and it's like, liar! Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> Isn't that the year we won the Super Bowl too? Didn't it get cut that year, or was it the following year? I don't think it was the same year. No, it was the following year, wasn't it? At least, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Well, oh well. So I wanted to try a movie review. Okay. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm getting tangled up on my own equipment here. <laughs> One thing I well, do not want to do is help that we have to have it plugged in over there because we're running at, uh, out of juice, and you lost your power pack in the Missouri River. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to drop anything over the edge. That's a long way down. <laughs> no, I know it's pretty. Yeah. I, I'm going to wait until after we're down on the ground again before I look up the height of this tower. <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway, but it is a beautiful view up here with the lights, etc. Um, so, anyway, movie review. Um, I watched a movie the other day called Parkland. Okay. And uh, all, one word, all one word, P-A-R-K-L-A-N-D. Uh, that is the name of the hospital where John F. Kennedy was taken after he was shot in Dallas. Oh, wow. And ironically, a few days later, it's also where Lee Harvey Oswald was taken after he was shot by oh, wow. Jack Ruby. <laughs> but the uh, the movie takes place, starts the morning of JFK's uh, arrival in Dallas, mm-hmm. and goes over about the next four days. Mm-hmm. And it concentrates on the Secret Service and the FBI in Dallas and what goes on and it it's pretty gripping to see how they portray um the assassination in the immediate aftermath it it looks like what would really have happened you know not some fantasy of like oh he was rushed to the hospital it's like you know you've got panicked people well screaming, you know where the hell can we take him anybody that saw that and saw him knew he was dead yeah it's an unsurvivable skull uh, um, disintegration, yeah. basically. Yeah. The uh, the Paul Giamatti played uh, Abraham Zapruder, the one who shot the famous film mm-hmm. of the assassination. He's just you know an amateur. Paul film Giamatti buff. would have been great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I gotta see this it. then. Yeah. And uh, when they show him um, the actual you know assassination first taking place, uh, I won't spoil it, but they they do it in I think a really interesting way. I mean, it's a, it's the first. It, I've never seen it portrayed this way before. This is a, hmm. a first for me. Well, I'm gonna have to watch. It's called yeah. Parkland. Parkland, yeah. And this um, is the hospital that that JFK was taken yeah. to. And uh, apparently, when they got him there, he had no pulse. He was not breathing, but had a faint heartbeat. Wow. Um, and they worked and worked and worked, and you know, his, his heart quickly stopped. And they could never get it back, but there were large parts of his skull and brain missing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was unsurvivable, without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, what the mind, personality, and spirit of who JFK was vanished when that bullet destroyed his brain like that. Yeah, I mean and, he and was he was his soul probably left him at that point. His body was just still hanging on without yeah. him. Yeah. Because there was nothing left of the man without that brain. Yeah. So. so, 
and and another thing is is um i think people were holding on to a last bit of hope yeah because people that was when people still embraced the president loved him loved he was him. openly loved yeah um and even for those who didn't love him there was the Respect. fear well no there was the fear of immediate war Oh yeah! They thought this could have been an act of war by a foreign power. Oh, oh, okay. Or even if it wasn't, even if it wasn't an act of war, that somebody like the Soviets would take advantage of the because he he was in the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, he He did block Russia going to Cuba. He pissed them off big time. Oh yeah, and that's when was it? uh, Brezhnev, Khrushchev, Khrushchev, Khrushchev swore. That they would not take us over with might. They would take us over within ourselves. From within, yeah. 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 And uh, so, yeah, there was, uh, let's see, Billy Bob Thornton played uh, Forrest Sorrels, the guy in charge of the Ooh, Dallas nice. uh, Secret Service. Uh-huh. Did an excellent job. I thought he was oh, yeah. awesome in it. Yeah. Um, they had James Badge Dale played Robert Oswald, the brother of Lee Harvey. Oh, wow. Uh, you'll find <laughs> if you watch this what a piece of work <laughs> Oswald's mom was. Damn. <laughs> well, but have you have you seen the um, the theories? Oh, I mean, everyone's seen theories on JFK. Yeah. But they say that he was brainwashed. Oswald was brainwashed into uh, going up there and shooting him. Into uh, up up to the moment of her death, uh, Oswald's mom. Maintained that her son was a trained agent of the U.S. government and had acted on orders and should be declared a hero. Yeah. Okay. I could. So, I could very well it. believe that. Yeah. All I know is Lyndon Johnson was already in his seat before they could say he was shot. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, it, it Lyndon was Johnson, his territory was Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. The people he had underneath him was in Dallas. You know, I mean, basically, Kennedy was going into hostile territory without even knowing it. He was warned not that he shouldn't go there, that it wasn't a good idea, and that it was going to be a PR disaster, but I don't think anyone was thinking assassination. If they were, they didn't tip their hand. Yeah. I can well, tell you as that. You'll, as you'll learn watching the movie, they also s- focus on the FBI office there in Dallas, and uh, Ron Livingston plays uh, uh, an agent named James Hostie. Oh. And uh, there was a lot of blame and finger-pointing going around in the FBI because they had been tracking Oswald, but they didn't think he was more than just a crackpot. I mean, he defected to Russia, and then he tried yeah. to kill himself, and then Russia didn't want him anymore and said, you can only stay if you don't die. And yeah. he decided to come back, and he brought a Russian-speaking wife with him. And, I mean... He had made threats to people, yeah, uh, and officials. He was more, he was more on the Dallas police uh, uh, radar because they wanted him for the uh, fatal shooting of a police officer. Oh yeah, but yeah. you know that's not FBI turf, so they weren't interested in him for that, and they were just you know kind of keeping a, a lie on yeah. him and then disregarding him so and then uh, and then how about jack ruby the reputed mob boss uh, or one of the mob they bosses and they don't get into that in, they don't in get the movie they don't that. get into that what they end up um apparently jfk and lee harvey oswald were both buried at the same day on the same day 
Wow. Yeah. And how interesting. Yeah. Ironic. Twist his assassin, his assailant, is buried on the same day as him. Yeah. And uh, Oswald was shot two days later, was it? Two or three. In the police tunnel. Yeah, they were taking him out of the police department to go somewhere else, and you know, police. I remember. Police I remember that had, excerpt. That was no, really intense. They had no security. Oh my no, God, ladies and gentlemen, Oswald was just been shot in the police tunnel. Apparently, it was one point blank to the to the uh, upper abdomen, destroyed the kidneys, the spleen, various other. Jack organs. Ruby knew what he was doing, yeah. and he he just bled right out. Yeah, and that was it. So no more witnesses. Another interesting thing I thought is is the Ron Livingston character, James Hosty. Mm-hmm. He was transferred out of the Dallas office because uh, they kind of blamed him for a lot of stuff. He was transferred to Kansas City, where we are. Yeah. <laughs> and he, I think he lived here until 2010 when he passed away. I'll be damned. So he was here in town. We could have gone and talked to him. That would have been pretty that cool. Would've I would have loved to have got his oh, take. Oh, hell, that would have been awesome. I would have loved to have heard him. He probably wouldn't have talked to us, but if we could have no, if we could have had just a Let's face it, if he was going to talk, it wouldn't have been the two douchebags and a microphone. <laughs> Maybe two fuck nuts and a recorder. Might oh, well, them, those guys, they, they yeah. get everything. Yeah, yeah. Or that other podcast, Sober Chicks Who Bite Each Other. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I love that one. That is so good. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you hear a scream, you know one of them got bit. Mm-hmm. You know, they just didn't expect it, and one of them bit the other one. It's pretty yep. good. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Parkland, let's see who was in it besides uh, those people. Um, you you got me talked into it. I, I'm yeah. going to watch it. Oh, gosh. What's 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 this actress's name? Uh, it's on, and, and I can't remember it. I won't remember it. She, but she's she's generally brunette. She's one of the nurses at Parkland, probably uh, one of the charge nurses or a staff nurse or something. What but is the cast of the movie Parkland? You'll see it. She was in Mystic River. Sixty actors. Here are the first three: Zach Efron, Paul Giamatti, and Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> <Yeah>. The <laughs> of men. Of course. <laughs> You're sexist, Google. Uh, let's see. The cast of Mystic River. She was Marcia Gray Harden? Yeah, Marcia Gay Harding. Gay, not Gray. Did yeah. I say Gray? Marcia Gay Harding. She yeah, was in it. That's it. I love her work. She is awesome in everything I've seen her in. Oh, James Badge Dale right there. Yep. Yeah, she, he was Robert Oswald, his bro- Oswald's brother. They said to his dying day, Robert Oswald said he firmly believed his brother did kill the president. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah he thought he thought he did. Yeah. And he 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 even said, you know, that when he was talking to his brothers, they they've got your gun, they have your rifle. What did you do? <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah, I think you would. I'll try not to spoil. And wasn't opinion, he arrested but, uh, immediately? It was pretty quick. It was within a few hours. Yeah, they um, did a scour of everything, and they got him. Yeah, one one recreation I saw that he. He went home from work, mm-hmm. and then he left home and went to a movie theater. And then oh, that was part of the similarities between Lincoln and Kennedy assassination. Yeah. And then he left the movie theater, and I think they yeah. took him outside. Well, let's see. Kennedy had a secretary named Lincoln, Lincoln and mm-hmm. then Lincoln had an advisor named Kennedy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, hang on. And uh, they died 100 years apart. Yeah. 1863-1963. What are the similarities between John F. Kennedy and Abraham Lincoln and their assassinations? That's going to be a long list. Okay. So anyway, they claim cons- okay coincidences connecting U.S. presidents Abraham Lincoln and John F. Kennedy are a piece of American folklore of unknown origin. The list con- uh, uh, of coincidences appeared in the mainstream American press in 1964, a year after the assassination of John F. Kennedy, having appeared prior to that in the GOP Congressional Committee newsletter, and in the 1970s, Martin Gardner. A- Examined the list in the in an article in the Scientific American later reprinted in 1985 book, The Magic Numbers of Dr. Matrix, pointing out that several <laughs> of the claimed coincidences were based on misinformation. Gardner's version of the list contained 16 items. Many subsequent versions have circulated much longer lists. Yeah, this often people won't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Exactly. <laughs> let's look at let's look at the list. A Lincoln and Kennedy have seven letters. Each have seven letters. Okay. All right. Both presidents were elected to Congress in 46 and later to the presidency in 60. Yeah. 100 years apart each time. Yep. Both assassins, John Wilkes Booth and Lee Harvey Oswald, were born in 39 and were known by their, uh, their three names composed of 15 letters. A lot of numerology is going to crop up. Yes. Gosh, that's I wish Deep Sky was here. I wish he was too. Booth ran from a theater and was caught in a warehouse. Oswald ran from a warehouse and was caught in a theater. Yep. The assassins were both Southerners. Mm-hmm. Both of the president's successors were named Johnson and born in 08. That's crazy. That is, okay, a lot of this is true. Yeah. Because it's factual. I mean, it's just, it's there. You can look it up. Both Lincoln and Kennedy were particularly concerned with civil rights and made their views strongly known. That's obviously true. Yeah. Both presidents were shot in the head on a Friday. Crazy. <laughs> Lincoln had a secretary named Kennedy who told him not to go to Ford's Theater. Kennedy had a secretary named Evelyn Lincoln and she warned him not to go to Dallas. Both Oswald and Booth were assassinated before they could be put on trial. Yep. Which is standard practice to hire the assassin and then kill him to silence Out of that whole list, there might be two that could be rebuked. Yeah. But the rest of them are factual, I know for a fact. Yeah. I know American history pretty well, and I know you do too. And that's all factual, most of it. Yeah. If not all of it. Yeah. I wonder if there's anything in writing from uh, the Kennedy to the Lincoln and the Lincoln to the Kennedy saying, don't go. Otherwise, that could love, just be that would hearsay. be worth a lot of money. Yeah. Otherwise, that's that's kind of hearsay. But the, that, a lot of the date coincidences re- that could be refuted. And yeah. That could be like tossed out because of lack of evidence. Because how could you really prove that? Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. I was there when the secretary said, "Don't go. It's a bad idea." You know. Yeah. So. Well, and then some of them, like um, they both got elected to Congress in nineteen in forty six, mm-hmm. and elected to presidency in sixty. Well, that's twenty five terms of four years. 
So it was going to be on a four-year. Yeah. If it wasn't 60, it would have been 56 or 64. So. What year was President Lincoln... And Kennedy was inaugurated in in January of 1961. But okay, but then both getting elected to Congress in 46, there oh, again, was it elected those in- are those are terms of a certain number of years. And after a hundred years, you're back to the election cycle. Yeah, that's true. So it's not a, like a one in a hundred coincidence. It's a one in twenty-five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not even going to look that one up because you're right. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, 1860, 1960, 2060, there's going to be an election. Yeah, okay, all of this is cyclical stuff, so I'm yeah. not going to even count that. Because, like you said, it's not going to be even a 1 in a 1,000. It's like a 1 in 25 chance. Yeah, yeah, because so, okay. elections come up every Odd, four years. yes, but... Um, but super freaky, super weird? Freaky, no, nah, nah, nah. No. No, not that, not that big of a... What would you call it? A coincidence? Yeah, or not that big of a jaw-dropping moment. No, it'd just be like one in twenty-five. Okay, it, sure. it deserves a huh instead of a yeah. oh my god. Let's say you can catch a cold <laughs> one in twenty-five, and you can catch a cold one in twenty-five twice a year, and you get a cold twice a year. Yeah. Are you gonna be like, oh my god, I can't believe I got a cold twice this year? Yeah. yeah. It's about as rare as meeting somebody with the same birthday as yourself. Yeah, it's it just kind of like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, really? Oh, 66. Oh, okay, cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, birthday twin. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Give me some ducks. And then you're on your way and you never see him again. Yeah. No. Or not even the same birth year, just the same day and month. Although I've had the same birth year happen more than a few times, which yeah. is just completely freaky. I met somebody who was born like four days after me. Oh, wow. <laughs> Did you ask him if they remember you? No. <laughs> it have to be the same city. hospital yeah. in a different city, but anyhow, yeah. it'd be funny. Hey, I do you remember me? Remember, I was a little guy. I had like a little stocking hat on, and I had cheeks, and I was rolled up in a blanket. Yeah, yeah. I was. I, if I remember right, I was in the southeast corner. I was the cute one that just barfed on myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I shit on that nurse. It was so fun. Yeah. Oh God, good times, good times. Yeah. <laughs> So, anyhow, you know what? I will watch that. All right. Hey, where'd everybody go? Where the goose bags? Oh my God! Someone took a dump in the corner. Oh, geez. Glad they're gone. Let's just hope they don't come back. Man, I smell it. 